Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah is brought to you by Holiday CBD Dummies. There's no need for a special occasion. With Holiday's delicious premium hemp CBD dummies, you can take the vacation any day. Go to HolidayCBD.com and use the offer code OYEAH10 for $10 off your first order. Boys are back in town. All right, we are back with season two of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage podcast. We are talking today about episode one of season two. The boys are back in town. Did you miss me? Of course you didn't miss me. You missed the podcast, and I don't blame you whatsoever. Thank you for your patience over these past few months. Our hiatus took much longer than anticipated. It was not for nothing, though. There's a few quick housekeeping things to discuss before we dive into the episode. First, I am so excited to announce that we are officially partnering with BroBible.com. Brandon and the team over at BroBible have been so supportive of the pod since the beginning, and their partnership will do nothing but bring good things to the show. We've got some pretty lofty goals for Season 2, and have been working tirelessly these past few weeks to book some major guests and develop some big ideas for episodes to come. As with anything, the paperwork took much longer than expected, so apologies for my radio silence. There will be no more lawn hiatuses from me from here on out, I promise. Second thing with this new season comes a few small format changes to the pod. Nothing major, the content itself won't change a bit, but the one thing that does have to change is the music. It's pretty obvious I can't keep playing other people's music on the pod without risking getting cease and desisted up the ass. So instead, when we discuss our favorite songs from each episode, I'm going to add them to a Spotify playlist. That playlist is called Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah Music, and you can access it by clicking the link in the episode details in your podcast app. All our favorite songs from Season 1 are on there now, so go follow that playlist. And that's it. There's no other changes besides some new categories that we'll be introducing. The guests we have lined up this season are legitimately insane, and I can't wait for you guys to hear some of these interviews. So let's dive in with our leadoff hitter. Chris DiStefano is one of the top touring stand-up comedians in the game right now. He just had a Comedy Central one-hour special drop in January. He was so generous to come on and discuss the season two premiere, The Boys Are Back in Town. If you haven't seen him perform live yet, check out his website in our episode bio and go see him ASAP. Enjoy. I am so excited to welcome on... Our guest for this week, this man is a New York City comic who I have been watching personally for a very long time. He was a host on MTV's Guy Code and Girl Code. He starred in the IFC show Benders, and he recently had his very first hour-long stand-up special, Size 38 Waste, which premiered on Comedy Central. Is Brooklyn in the house? Yes. Christy Stefano, how we doing today, brother? Yes, Brooklyn is in the house, and Brooklyn just had to go check on his three-year-old daughter because <laughs> I heard, heard her coughing, but she's okay. Good. Glad to hear it. How are you doing after... I guess this is this episode's airing in April, so this might be a little bit after the fat, but uh, Odell Beckham just got traded today. Yes. Your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, it's the same feeling that I had when the Knicks traded Kristaps uh-huh. Porzingis. It's like, this is what New York sports has been the last few years, where it's just like, stupidity stupid move the i i almost think like now like playing in new york like it doesn't matter like as much as it used to because like now like 
with social media and all that, like these players, it's like not a privilege privilege for them to play in New York anymore. Like Odell Beckham, like if this was 20 years ago, he, the last place he would ever want to be is Cleveland. Yep. Now he's got to go to Cleveland. But like it doesn't matter. Like it truly doesn't. So many fans will see him in Cleveland and it, nothing's going to change about his life, you know? Where like back in the day, it's like if, if you're playing for the Giants, everyone knows who you are. If you're for, playing for Cleveland, nobody knows who you are. So I don't know. To be honest, me personally, I always like loved Odell's talent, but I always like could see just from what you know the media shows us in the games, like or or had the idea like that he's a hard guy to get along with and not great in the locker room. So I bet you that's where the Giants. I know they'll say, oh, it's cap space and this and that, but I'm sure it was a personality trade. One hundred percent. So that that was like a like a hot take, like right off the hot off the presses. This trade happened an hour ago, so who knows when this episode airs? Who knows who else is on the Browns at that point? Who knows who the Giants have signed? So. Who knows? Maybe Odell failed to physical. <laughs> yeah, maybe and he never even got traded. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. We're we're not here to talk about Giants football today. We are here to talk about Entourage. Chris, what is your relationship with the show Entourage? What what was your viewing experience like? You know, ten fifteen years ago when it premiered. I used to watch it, uh, you know, like every other, I was in college when it came out, so I was I was like watching it like every other guy, um, and and then, you know, more recently now, Jerry Ferrara, who plays Turtle, is around the New York comedy scene a lot. Yep. He's a big New York Knicks fan, so he's like always around. Um, and Jeremy Piven actually does stand up comedy now. I saw that, and yeah, and I met him uh, last year at uh, the Moon Tower Comedy Festival in Austin, Texas, and we've become somewhat friends and text, and when he's in New York, he hits me up, and we've hung out, so it's weird that, like, I know I know Ari now. That's awesome, and yeah. I'm hoping if this goes well, you can mention this podcast to both of those gentlemen, because I'm very, I'm certain that Jerry Ferrara knows about this podcast. I'm certain that Ari Gold has no fucking idea, or Jeremy Piven has no fucking idea. Yeah, Jeremy <laughs> Piven just, yeah, he's in his own world, Jeremy. Jay Pitt. He's on another level. Yeah, he is. But we are talking today about the season two premiere. The boys are back in town. Yes. I specifically wanted a New York guy on this because well, we can get into it, but the the boys, you know, the entourage gets back from New York and kind of, you know, attacked LA as they do. Uh, let's back it up a little bit to when this episode aired. This was June fifth, two thousand and five. Almost wow. fifteen years ago. Insane. Holy shit. June 5th, 2005. This same night, the 109th Men's French Open concluded. Rafael Nadal beat Mariana Porta. It was his Nadal's sixth title of the year. It was his first career Grand Slam title. Rafael Nadal, I used to work in the U.S. Open. I used to work at the tennis center. Uh -huh. I was like a, I was a ball boy, and then I worked for the grounds crew. I would like, and I was a court attendant. I would like refill the beverages and stuff. And Rafael Nadal... How jacked and diesel Rafael Nadal's <laughs> left arm as compared to his right arm yeah. is so nuts in person that like you like it's all jerk off jokes. Like I remember like because the funny thing about the U.S. Open is like Wimbledon, uh, the French Open. You know, you mentioned that's what uh, Nadal won that that day, and the Australian Open. Like it's very like prom. Yeah, it's very like. Um, uh, proper mm -hmm. and 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 the people who work there are like it's a privilege it's an honor the u.s open it's all dirtbags from queens and brooklyn <laughs> like we're all just scumbags that like we don't know about tennis we don't care about tennis like the guy who runs 
the the uh, court attendant and grounds crew unit is also like an off-duty firefighter. So he just gets kids from the park. Perfect. And we, like, we don't give a fuck, you know? Like, we, we, I remember, like, my boy Pat Finnegan, Patty Fly Balls, just, like, yelling at Rafael Nadal and just being like, yo, stop jerking off, cuz. Your left arm's too big. You're jerking off. And then Rafael Nadal just saying something in Spanish. It's so funny how, like, I always thought that was funny about everybody else takes their job so seriously in tennis except the people at the U.S. Open. That's so funny. I have, some, I have a good friend of mine who grew up in Brooklyn, and he always sends me, yeah, snap stories and Instagram stories of him sitting in, like, the upper deck of the U.S. Open. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing there? You've never, you don't even know the rules of tennis. <laughs> yeah, there's no point to go there. Yeah, the, especially in the upper deck like that. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, watch it on TV. Exactly. So back in 2005, first week of June, later on this week, the NBA Finals tipped off. Putting you on the spot here. Do you remember who the NBA Finals matchup was in 2005 it was a boring one was it it was either was it maybe the spurs or the pistons it, it was both of them it was spurs pistons spurs pistons yeah <laughs> wow because i was i was gonna i was gonna guess i was gonna say he was a, he was either the spurs pistons or i was gonna guess maybe the celtics but spurs pistons wow i nailed it spurs pistons spurs won in seven games it was a seven game series but i think it was honestly probably one of the lowest watched nba finals that, that was like Small ball NBA. Was right? it Ben Wallace? Was that Ben Wallace yep. on the Pistons then? Rip Hamilton, wow. Chauncey Billups, that whole that whole, that whole squad. So just a little bit of a snapshot as in terms of what time period we're talking about here. Yeah. So in this episode, with filming on Queens Boulevard completed, Vince, Eric, Turtle, and Drama arrive back in LA. They're ready to pick up where they left off. Eric is trying to fulfill his new duties as Vince's manager while he's also trying to control the frustrations caused by his relationship with Kristen, his girlfriend. He also has to deal with Ari, who lets him know that offers to Vince have started to dry up and that Vince should take the starring role in a comic book movie called Aquaman. Turtle steps up into his new role as the house manager and drama finds an unconventional way to do a new set of headshots. There's a lot I want to unpack in this episode, specifically about some of the uh, the New York food places, which we'll get to. But Chris, what would you say was your favorite moment from this episode overall? Um, my favorite moment from the episode, it's not, wasn't like just it wasn't like a, like a scene or anything, but just when Turtle, like in just one scene, when he's wearing like the New York Giants jersey <laughs> and the backwards New York Giants hat. Hey guys, I'm Lloyd, Ari's new assistant. What's up, man? I'm Vince. <laughs> I know who you are. Uh, what happened to Emily? I don't know. It's just like such a New York goomba, <laughs> cuzzy-wuzzy, stupid thing to do. To like just be in L.A. like yeah. in a manager's office with a New York Giants jersey and matching backwards hat. Like such a dumb Brooklyn turtle thing to do. And I just it just really made me laugh. Even though I didn't say anything, I was like, this was such a funny choice to put this on. Take it one step farther. It was a personalized jersey that said turtle on the back. That's a turtle on the back. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> That's even, I mean, it's just so stupid. <laughs> and and it was so New York, but it's like, it just, it was a personal thing because like I, if I went out, I guarantee you, if I went outside, well, not now, it's late, but if I went outside, when I go outside tomorrow, if I'm on the train, somebody's going to be wearing a matching like Mets, Yankees, Giants, Jets, yep. jersey and hat and jacket on the train. It's a guarantee in New York. <laughs> It's just what these idiots do. What we idiots do. Yeah. What's your take on the personalized jersey? I think the personalized jersey is as stupid as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, you know, get the regular jersey and that's it. And also it's like, here's, here's two th the personalized jersey is dumb and a New York Yankees jersey 
with the name on the back. Like I saw the other day, I saw a guy wearing a Mariano Rivera jersey, and it had number 42, and it then had the name Rivera. I was like, take take that off. Yeah, We don't do last names. The Yankees don't do last names. We're anonymous. So it's like, that bothers me. But yeah, the, the, the personal, I'll be crystal clear. I'll be honest with you. Like throughout my career, I've gotten, because you know, I'm a big Islanders fan. I'm yep. a big Knicks fan. I'm a big uh, New York Giants fan, a big New York Yankees fan. I've gotten multiple personalized jerseys as gifts, and I and I've given them all away. Smart. I don't have a, the only jerseys I've kept have been the one like like my my agent got me a um an old school like vintage Mickey Mantle nineteen sixty one jersey. Yeah, like that's like uh, that's amazing. It doesn't have DeStefano on the back. Like no, if you got me something with DeStefano <laughs> on the back, like what? When would I ever? Why would I? I'd be such a tool yep. to wear that. And that's why I thought it was funny about Turtle because he's like a Brooklyn tool in the sense that, like, he's the kind of – well, like, not his look, but there's, like, guys like him in Brooklyn. Like, they'll wear that jersey that says Turtle on the back, and, you know, you're like, wow, this guy's a tool. But, like, if you say anything to that guy, he's going to pull out a gun or he's going to get his boys, and it's just going to – you don't want to fuck with that guy, so you just have to deal with him. You have to laugh at him behind his back. Yeah. I had a friend in Chicago. I'm a Cubs fan. He was a Cubs fan. His father got him in high school a Chicago Cubs personalized jersey, and his last name was Smith. So there was a Cubs jersey <laughs> with Smith on the back, and I'm like, there, you know, this organization has been around for 120 odd years. There's had to have been a Smith that played, and Smith. everyone, everyone would stop him and go, "Whose jersey is that?" And he would go, "Oh, well, mine." <laughs> well, one of the coolest things I ever got to do. In my career, as I, I hosted the show back in the day on MTV, it was called Off the Bat. It was like a Major League Baseball show. They aired it Sundays at 11 a.m. It's like that's <laughs> nobody's watching that shit. Yeah. But anyway, during spring training, we, we covered the Cubs, and I got to hit meatballs in a parking lot with Anthony Rizzo. Wow. Anthony Rizzo was lobbing me these meatballs, and we were, and we were, and then I, I was really lobbing him the meatballs, and he was crushing these things, and we were, he was just shattering meatball chips <laughs> all over some guy's car in, in this parking lot, and then we just filmed that and just left. That's perfect. Yeah, Rizzo was great, and we were texting for a little while, but then he just stopped texting me after he won the World Series. Yeah, that's, that's what happens. Well, and, look at, and look at you now. Now it's a it's a Tuesday night, and you're on your couch skyping with me. <laughs> yeah, great. Anthony Rizzo made a good choice by not by cutting me out of his life. Any other good moments from this episode that jumped out at you? What did jump? I mean, um, I thought I thought the relief because you know I, I I have to go to Los Angeles, you yep. know, sometimes for work and stuff. The relief of that pizza, that New York pizza coming. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand how that could make anybody who once was mad at you not be mad at you because the and what he said, what what they were I forgot what character somebody said was talking about the water, how the tap water Yeah. Drama well, and Turbo oh, are arguing on the plane as they land and they're talking about how can't get a good bagel in LA, can't get a good slice of pizza and it's because of the tap water. Why is it so hard to get a good slice in LA anyway? Tap water. That's why you can't get a decent bagel either. <laughs> Except on Fairfax. What, Johnny, there's different water on Fairfax? Yeah, Vince. The Jews imported from Borough Park. I'm serious. <laughs> well, if that were the case, then why can't you get a good slice on Fairfax? Because Jews don't make pizza, idiot. <laughs> so, given your theory, Drama, I should be able to get a decent pizza bagel at Canners. Uh-huh. Wrong, E. Kosher mozzarella tastes like tofu. Yeah, the tap water, which is a big thing that we say here in New York. <laughs> it's like, the tap water makes everything, and like, I have a I have a, a couple of friends who own a restaurant in North Carolina, and the line is around the block for their restaurant. And they, they said the only thing that's different is they get bottled water, or you know, big bottles of water shipped from New York. Yep. 
every week. It costs them like a thousand dollars a week, but they make it up in profit because their pasta and breads and all wow. that tastes that much better. So I, I think factually, it, it's probably you know who knows what New Yorkers, but I think factually we do. Uh, filter our water more than any other city in the U.S. I think like so. What I think it's it is the cleanest water. I think that's what they tell us. Who, who fucking knows? Yeah, but it's it, it's you're supporting this theory that every New Yorker has told me for my entire life. With yeah, fact. yeah, and like the thing is, like you've tasted the bagels, you've tasted yeah. the pizza, yeah. like. You know, I'm from New York, but it's like you you have taste buds. Yeah. You know you've never tasted anything like that. 100%. It's like it's the best. Like I went to a bagel. Montreal, Canada claims that they have as good bagels as New York or better bagels than New York. And I was up there uh, in the summer, and I went. And first of all, the bagel was okay. Second of all, I went to the, their top bagel shop. The top bagel shop in Montreal didn't would didn't toast the bagels and didn't have coffee. Ooh, fuck you. Yeah. If you don't have fucking coffee or you're not going to toast my bagel, you, I, I can't even talk to you. So it's like, you know, I think I think when Drama and Turtle were having that argument, when I knew when 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 so I think it was Turtle was saying like why why can't you get good pizza in LA or and I was and as soon as they said it before Drama even said it, I was like, "Oh, it's the water. It's yeah. the water." Yeah. And then boom, right away. But I think that shined a light on that fact for thousands of young dudes in america because that was a new yorker thing to know i didn't know yeah. that in chicago i didn't know there was a tap water thing until i started traveling to new york more regularly as an adult yeah. so i want i want to i want to put the put a button in the the food conversation because i want to talk to you about some of these places they throw out but really quick my favorite moment in this episode is just in the first 10 minutes ari is going you guys gotta do aquaman you missed me didn't you ari come on all right you ready aquaman Aquaman? Aquaman, baby! It is Spider-Man underwater. Boom! Is there a script? No, I know he doesn't like to read, so... I got you some with pictures. And Vince and Edo, but we want to do Median. We know what we want to do next. What? The fucking Bell Parkway? Relax, it's a studio movie. Really? It's big. What is this, a Showtime miniseries? Come on! No, it's Median. The Pablo Escobar story. Sex, drugs, and salsa! Hmm. Did you read it? I know about it, it's over at Universal. <laughs> This movie is going to be like the new Scarface, which is like our favorite movie growing up. And those two sentences set up the next, like, three seasons of the show. Yeah. Which is insane. Like, the, this is why the first couple seasons of the show are so incredible, is because early on they were throwing 90 on the black. They were like, okay, we're setting up these puzzle pieces that won't actually do the dress for a season or two, but we're setting them up good. And, and I really liked that. I was like, oh, shit, they're talking about Medellin already? We're nine episodes in. This is fantastic. Yeah. I know. Well, it, it's like the confidence that the writers had and the creators had just knowing like this shit's going to go for a while. And they were right. 100%. Yeah. This is a new category I want to introduce this season. Last year, we talked about good moments, bad moments. Listen, this is a bro show. Bros watched it. Bros still engaged with it. For any female bro listeners listening, thank you for being a female bro. But I want to talk about a bros being bros moment. Every episode of Entourage has one, and I'll start off with mine, and I'd love to hear yours if you had one yeah. or just your thoughts. I love the scene when they're walking and talking into Ari's office, and they're talking about having sex with a girl on her period. So you're saying you'd have sex with a girl on a period, John? You wouldn't, man. Hey, I've done it. It's not something I hope for. You guys are disgusting. You know, I don't think I've ever done that. 
Yeah, well, you should alter, boy, because it's a known fact that a girl on her period is much hornier. And there's no need for a raincoat. Yeah, it's like flag day. Except it's a week. And it's just like a straw poll. Like, one guy's <laughs> like, I've never, he's like, I've never done it. And drama's like, I only do it. And there's, there's all these different theories floating around, and they're trying to convince them. I loved it. I love that moment. Yeah. It was, you know, to be honest with you, I used to be the guy who, like, if I saw a period blood or whatever, yep. I'd be like, I can't do it, I can't do it. Ever since I had my kid, <laughs> like, and, the, like, you don't, like, the shit that you see when you have a, a little girl, like, the amount of shit I've had to clean out of her vagina, <laughs> like, the fucking things that you see, being a part of, the, being at the childbirth and oh. seeing what happens, like, just ripping another hole, like, rip, like, her getting a second vagina, oh. <laughs> like, as, as the baby came out, like, my kid's mom just getting a second like now it's like i just don't care it's like if you got if you're on your period whatever i just i get it i get it but before that i just i would be more like yeah i don't know if i you know i would just try to convince her to give me a blowy yep yep 100 percent. well you're not in the mood but and he does this to his girlfriend in this episode so what I liked about this scene specifically, though, the walking and talking about the period is like, we've all had that conversation with our boys where like one dude's done something and the other three haven't or vice versa, or one dude hasn't done something and the other three are giving them like the pros and cons of it. And I think yeah. that's what like people connected with, with the show. Dude, I got a friend, like if, if he, I'm talking about like, if he meets you, meets a girl at a bar and like gets back to her place she goes back to his place whatever Mm -hmm. like if he if he just met you 10 minutes ago and you're like dtf he's putting his tongue in your butt immediately (laughs) he all he does is eat butt and he said there's been multiple times in his life where he's been eating a girl's butt and he's come and just left (laughs) like he's obsessed with munching butt and I'm like, dude, you're going to die. You're going to get a coli one yep, day and yep. legit die. Your tongue's going to fucking fall off. Yeah, no, he has strep throat like at least six times a year. And he's like, I got to go to the doctor. I know what's going on. I'm like, stop sticking your tongue in random girls' assholes. <laughs> uh, well, worst part of this episode, least favorite moment for me was that discussion with Eric and Kristen where she's on her period. And she's like, oh, I'm bloated. Uh, let's just kiss. And he's kind of like trying to ask for a blowjob, but she's not giving it to him. Uh, I feel gross. I feel fat and bloated. Well, you're not. You're beautiful. Saturday night. We can get really drunk, and, and since you're this big hotshot <laughs> manager making the big bucks, we can get a room at the Beverly Hills Hotel or something. Big bucks. I mean, $6,000 on that movie. Uh, okay. Well, we'll split the room. We'll have the best sex ever. What are we gonna do now? Just kiss. We've all fucking been there in a yeah. in a you know in a long term relationship, but felt very fucking teen drama to me. Yeah, I think it was like you know that when I watched that scene too, I was like, oh, this is Entourage's attempt because that was season two and season yep. one crush, but it was a bro show. Yep. I felt like that scene was like, oh, let's see if we can get ladies involved. Yep. Somehow, 100%. let's let's get the female viewers. But that, that guy, in real life, Kevin Connolly's a big Islanders yeah, fan like yeah. me, so I, I, I like his shit. Kevin Connolly, Kevin, if you're listening, and I know you've checked this podcast out, love to have you on, love to come talk to you about anything you want Entourage-related. So Hell yeah. <laughs> any lines jump out at you from the episode? Such a quotable show. Like I have a few here, if you have any. Um, any, what, uh, I'm tr- 
Oh, you know what's another thing? I don't remember the lines, but when he was when uh, Drama was getting his headshots, that was really funny too. <laughs> when he unbuttoned his shirt like yeah. an asshole. Yep. That yep. was that was really funny. <laughs> okay, great. I think we got what we need. Well, hold on a second here, pal. I got a couple wardrobe changes. Turn Ari says a line when he's talking about the period sets. I won't even fuck my wife after she plays tennis. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. <laughs> That's actually the best line in the whole show. That's the line of the show. Ari's the quote machine for the first couple seasons. He's the best. There's a um there's a good exchange when they pull up to the house and Eric starts ordering Turtle around and Turtle, will you do me a favor, you take this stuff in? Yo, Vince, I want his job. Guy's sitting on Easy Street. Oh, Turtle, please, you're like a three time lotto winner. So I like that too. <laughs> yeah. And then that was the, funny. the the last one is um E and Ari at Koi having dinner once again and Ari going, no, Tom Cruise is up for the Pablo Escobar role and E goes, Tom Cruise is going to play Pablo Escobar? Oh, come on, the guy's not even Hispanic. Yeah, and Hilary Swank has a vagina and she won an Oscar pretending she has a dick. That's what actors do. They pretend. Uh, I get it, I get it. Okay. <laughs> do you need a vacation? Holiday believes vacation is a state of mind. So why not take a holiday whenever you want? Their premium CBD dummies are 100% THC-free and non-psychoactive, meaning they're all chill with no high. And they come in an assortment of delicious flavors such as cherry, orange, and lime. There is no need for a special occasion. You can take a holiday any day. Go to HolidayCBD.com and use code OYEAH10 for $10 off your first order. That's code OYEAH10 for $10 off your first order at HolidayCBD.com. Work hard, vacation harder. You know what, you know, you know why the show to me, not that, you know, I'm anywhere, you know, I'm, I'm a comedian, but I, you know, I have an agent and I've met some of these Hollywood yeah. types. And like I said, even met Jeremy Piven and all that. Sure. So, you know, not that I'm like this big A-list guy, but Ari is so much funnier to me now because I know that he exists, mm-hmm. you know, like when you go to LA, like there's eight, like they exist, like yep. they have two, three Bluetooths in, they're talking like that, they're jumping on the table. Like, it's hilarious that, like, when I got to L.A., I was like, wow, like, Ari wasn't pulled out of thin air. Yeah. He's just better looking and better written (laughs) than most of those guys. (laughs) But he's based off somebody. Have we ever, have they ever said who that's actually based off? Yeah, he's based off of Ari Emanuel, uh, Rahm Emanuel, the mayor of Chicago's brother, who was an advisor on uh, Barack Obama's staff. So he's a real dude. And, uh. Yeah, really interesting situation in Chicago with the mayor and all that stuff. Um, it's a mess I'm not going to get into. We'll keep the city politics out of uh, <laughs> the entourage podcast. Good. Yeah, we'll just talk about Chicago pizza, which is kind of like cake, but it's great. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm not one of those guys. Uh, you you have a slice of deep dish pizza and an IPA, and you can just lay down and fucking traffic and die. I, I like a good, crispy yeah. bar, you know, the little squares. Yeah. That's, the, that's the way to go. Yeah, I, dude, I've never had a problem with Chicago pizza. Every time I've been to Chicago... I don't know, like, because they have different water than us, but their pizza is excellent. So I don't know what Chicago does differently, but they're great. Music plays a big part in this show. I personally had like a playlist of all these songs I heard on Entourage. Did anything jump out at you from this episode? No. What 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 were some of the songs? So I I mean, and it's interesting that you're on because I like the two uh, New York hip hop groups. Most Def Ghetto Rock was playing as they walked into Ari's office for the first time, right? And then um. When at the very end of the show, when like Turtle reveals that he used Ari's DHL number, scenario by Tribe Called Quest starts playing. And whose DHL number is this? It's Ari's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, those are old school, old school 
I, I actually, dude, I went to Derek Jeter's 40th birthday party. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. I didn't, I mean, I just went, I just like got like somehow like invited, but like I didn't actually never, Derek Jeter didn't show up to really late. And yeah. I just, I'm such a pussy. I just like had to go home because I was tired. I'm <laughs> such a pussy. But anyway, when I like, most Def was there. That's awesome. And when we, we couldn't believe this happening. I was at some bar. I was at some club downtown Manhattan, and we were there. And I and I could see most deaf. And then these girls came out, and they put them in like bird cages for some, like, but human sized bird cages. Yeah. And like yeah. they were like dancing, and I was just like watching most deaf watch what was about to happen. Somebody slid like the guys slid these lubed up wiffle ball bats <laughs> into these bird cages, and the girls started shoving them in their pussies. This is at Derek Jeter's birthday party. This happened. 40th birthday party. <laughs> and just to watch, I mean, most deaf was like, yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. And that's just like the memory I have most deaf is just <laughs> watching him watch this girl just blast a wiffle ball bat right into her pussy oh his, at his birthday party. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I can't even fucking do it. I can't even picture it. This is It was not I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah. And and you're not allowed to you know, Derek Jeter's anything not that I've ever been around to, but just that birthday party I was at and you hear the stories in the papers. We all have to put our phones NDAs like, and shit like away. That. Yeah. Yeah. So like nobody you just have to believe my word because like yeah. nobody has video of it. Yeah, just have to yeah, you talked about it on a podcast. <laughs> That's it. Dude, oh, that is so fucking funny. Yeah, no, there's celebrity cameos in the show, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you, uh, there was like only two major ones in this episode. Amanda Pete, who I've Amanda Pete is so hot. Oh, dude. Excuse me, Eric Murphy. This is Amanda Pete. Hey. Hey. Uh, Eric is Vincent Chase's manager. Oh, hey. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. When's Vince gonna do another movie already? Soon, very soon. She's the big one. I, I fucking, I, she's so beautiful. It's yeah. hard to take. And she was like. Peach Dame here. She had just done Saving Silverman and a whole nine yards, like within two years of this. Yeah. She's, she's like great. a year out from marrying David Benioff, the guy who tore created Game of Thrones. And then her career kind of, I don't know if she had kids or anything. She's that. married to the creator of Game of Thrones. She is married to the creator of Game of Dude, Thrones. Dude, you know what's so funny? I was like, when I was watching the show last night, I looked at her. I was going to like try to DM her to see if she was single. Could you imagine <laughs> me DMing her? I live in a fucking one bedroom in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn on a fucking, my couch looks like a car seat and she's married to the creator of Game of Thrones. She's worth a that quarter. Was- of a billion dollars, I'm sure. <laughs> Hilarious! I thought I almost DM'd her. Guys, are, we're so funny, guys, because our egos are so huge. Yep. Oh, easily. Oh, yeah. I recognize her. She used to be hot. I'm gonna take my shot. <laughs> She's probably yeah, sitting around DM waiting her? for me. <laughs> it's so stupid. What's funny about David Benioff, her husband, was when he goes up there and he wins an Emmy for Game of Thrones, which he's won like twelve. He goes, and I'd love to thank my wife, Amanda Peet. He says it. It's like there's like a there's some YouTube compilation of him saying his, her full name. And for our families, thank you to our parents uh, and to our beautiful wives, Amanda, Pete. I love you so much, Frankie, Molly, Henry. It's almost like the dude's bragging. By the way, I'm right. slamming Amanda, Pete. You all remember Amanda her. Amanda, Pete. Yeah. drop. <laughs> I wonder if she's pissed that she didn't get a role in that show. Uh, I don't know if she. I don't know where would she be. Who in cares, that? right? I mean, true. she's getting the money from it. True. True. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Worst celebrity cameos got to be Busey. But it was up in here. It was in my heart, my spirit, my soul, my mind, my emotions. Hey, Gary, no anxiety, no how many pictures do we need? One perfect one that comes from the light of the sun after it's already set. I liked Busey, but he was just yeah. in 
Busey and the Beach, which was like midway through season one. So it was like a little too much Busey too early on in the show. But you know what I will say? It it looked like even though like the character, like what he was talking about was funny with the totem pole and shit that was hilarious. It almost looked like a healthy Busey. Like it looked like like definitely on crack Busey, mm-hmm. but like pre like a lot of crack yep. Busey. Yep. Like he looks way worse now. Oh yeah, totally. Well, I mean, fifteen like, years he was definitely snorting. I mean, he was smoking crack on the set, no doubt about it. But like it wasn't that much crack yet. When he famously doesn't. Like, well, for Entourage, at least, he didn't have any lines. They would just be like, talk about this totem pole, and then they just film the actors reacting to him. So that's why it's always a little weird, because you right. see them kind of, like, trying to find their spots and stuff. I just, I don't know. It was, like, way too soon. He was literally on the show three episodes ago, and yeah. this, this season, you know, spoiler alert, like, in two episodes, like, the boys go to the fucking Playboy Mansion, and, like, everyone's there. So, like, there's there's a pretty quick ramp up into like A list celebrities uh, in this season. Right. So Busey being there at the beginning, eh? Yeah, I know. I got the feeling watching, uh, you know, because because I was saying like we were talking about before, like I was reminded of how great Entourage was, mm-hmm. and it's even like even like because it was season two, the first episode, like the, it was great. It was, but it's like compared to like three, four, fifth season, yeah. like. It's almost like you can it's season two look like a web series compared to what it's gonna end on. Yeah. You know, like the finale of the series. It was it was crazy. I just forgot. It, it was still like re- I mean, it was really popular in season one and then it became a little bit more popular, but you can yeah, you can almost see the runway. You're like, damn, this thing. Yeah, but it wasn't off. it wasn't like the top show in the country yet. No, 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 it yeah. wasn't at all. I was just watching yeah. some CNN Fucking on Netflix, like the the documentary about the year two thousand or the two thousands mm-hmm. or something. Oh, the two thousands, yeah. And they talked about like the top five shows. It was like Sopranos, obviously, Six Feet Under, Mad Men, and Entourage. I'm like, really? really? Wow. Check that out if anyone hasn't uh, checked it out yet. Okay, here's a new question. A lot of people had issues in season one because I would talk about what hasn't aged well. And we get into this conversation about you can't say this word anymore, you can't act this way anymore, and it, and it became really awkward. And I would be apologizing for people's behavior 15 years ago on a show that I wasn't a part of. So the question right. has been tailored a little bit here, Chris. Okay. How would this episode just be different if it took place in 2019? Well, first of all, the characters wouldn't be wearing bell-bottom jeans. <laughs> I mean, did you see that? Like when they're at the when they're in the elevator when when Vince storms out, it's like. I mean, the, the the clothes they're wearing is horrific. Like, I thought that. I was like, there's no way they'd be wearing bell-bottom jeans with these shoes. Like, what? Like, they'd be wearing tailored jeans with high-top Nikes now and have fades. And it was just like the wardrobe was, like, strikingly bad. Easy. And, oh, yeah. But it was cool in 2006. Like, what they were wearing was what a cool guy in L.A. would wear. Dude, I'm thinking about Drama's, like, open bowling shirt over the black tank top, and he's got the white iPod classic on his hip when he's, like, yeah. walking the dog in. I'm like, dude, that is yeah. the look. That is a look. The look. And I almost wonder, even, even, even like, the guys, I know it's, like, pussy shit, but, like, and I don't know because it's HBO, but even, like, when the guys were talking about, like, period sex mm-hmm. and banging girls in their period, like, I just wonder today if, like, you would have to have a lot more jokes in it. Yeah. Like, I think, like, you could talk about it, but it'd have to be, like, so insanely funny and, like, the pinnacle of the scene that it's okay. If you're just, like, throwing shit in, I could see people being, like, offended because every, everyone's fucking offended. But but, but, but honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, definitely, in that episode, I don't know if there's too many things, but a lot of the shit Ari says throughout the seasons oh, yeah. just wouldn't fly. Yeah. 
you wouldn't be able to say it. Yeah, and we've talked about that on this show a little bit. I mean, he's an iconic character. He won three Emmys for the role, so like he was doing something right. But no, some of the shit he says just doesn't age, and and that's all right. Like he introduces Lloyd, he's like, you like Asian Lloyd. He's cute, right? And he covers two quotas. That's still a funny fucking line. Yeah, I don't okay. Care. And that's funny too. And that's interesting. So like that's like a culture. That's like a word. And mm-hmm. that's I, I forgot. I'm happy you mentioned that because I, I I was like, oh, bring that up because I thought about it. Like that's the first time you ever heard Gaijin. Yep. Like, they created that. And then, like, Asian is just a word now. It's, it reminded me of, like, in Along Came Polly when <laughs> William Seymour Hoffman says, I farted, a little shit came out. I, you know, he says, I yeah. sharted. What happened to you? Hey, Ruben, I'm in a situation here. We have to leave now. Well, no, can we stay a couple more minutes? But dude, no. This is serious. I just sharted. I don't know what that means. I tried to fart and a little shit came out. Oh. I just sharted. Like, now we just say the word shart, and it's from a movie. It's, before Long Came Polly, nobody had ever heard of a shark. And same thing with Gaijin. It's like, you just call people Gaijins now. Yep. And it's like, yeah, Ari said that. I think the one thing that jumped out at me that would probably be different in this episode is there's this whole plot that Ari is circling where he's like, Vince, you cooled off. Like, people forgot about you. You're not going to do as good of offers. This was 2019. You know this very well. He wouldn't have cooled off because of social no. media. He would, exactly. have, he would have been doing podcasts when he was in New York. He'd be posting Instagram stories from the Queens Boulevard set. Like, yeah. No one would have forgotten about Vincent Chase. <laughs> yeah, no, no, especially if he was, like, one of the most famous people because it's now, like, it's now, like, no, nobody, like, if you're famous, it's, like, who, who cares? Yep. Everybody's famous. Yep. Like, everybody's got followers. Like, it's not about that anymore. Now it's about, like, you know, the projects you want to do or, like, can you – like, I personally – I would so much rather be able to just sell tickets in like comedy clubs or theaters and be able to make money for my family and only have my fans there, but then be anonymous in the street. Because yeah. like in 2019, it's like the more famous you get, the more tweets they can look through and the bigger problem you're going to have, most likely. It's like a compounding, it's a compounding like. Absolutely. Bear it's trap. like being famous right now is like, it's actually not a good thing. Not in 2019. Not in 2019. All right. Here's the moment I wanted to talk about with you. I'm not saying I'm not saying this is why I had you on, but this is a big part of it. So, all right, when the DHL packages arrive at the end of the show, end of the episode, okay. they open it up and drama goes. Yo, H and H bagels. Yo, check it out, corny right? Canisius, man. Dang, Eddie's Pizza. Oh, what a yo. score, man! It's like being back in New York. Nice, Chris. Are these the best of the best in New York? Listen. Well, let me start with the Kanish. Yes, please. I'm a big – I like Kanishes. I'm not Jewish, so I don't know that I can really comment on what's a good Kanish, what's not a good Kanish. And also, there was a big fire in the Kanish factories in yeah. a big fa- – so, like, you used to be able to get a Kanish on a New York City street corner. It's very rare now you find a, the Kanish uh, guy. You find the hot dog guy. You find the halal guy. But to find the Kanish guy, it's like there's there, – I can't, I can't tell you the last time – I ate a Kanish on the street. When I used to eat, I remember my dad would come pick me up and we would be walking through Manhattan and I, I, we would, I would always have a Kanish. And now they just don't exist anymore. Huh. It's so weird. But in 2005, they did still. So, uh, yeah, if you Google it, it's like Google like Kanish shortage in New York. Like, Interesting. It just put the Kanish guys out of business because some factory went up in flames. Well, Carnegie Deli's still there. They still are probably making Kanishes, right? Yeah. I think Carnegie Deli's closing, though. Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure it closed, or it's closing. So I was doing some research about this, and H&H Badels has closed, the Badel place they mentioned. 
And okay. they're still at two Midtown locations, but they used to pump out like 80,000 Beatles a day, but they closed in 2012. And then well, Eddie's Pizza is still open. And Eddie's Pizza is in Long Island. Long Island. Yeah, well, well that, that, that's what I was going to mention. So so this is this is how wild. So H&H Bagels and Eddie's Pizza, although they're great, the thing is, we're a united city. New York City is a united city. You know, we got five boroughs. We're like all about like pro-Yankee, you know, whatever team you are, like we're but when it comes to the food, it starts to become like a little civil war. So, uh-huh. so I could never really say that H&H Bagels or Eddie's were any better than anything because I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you know, the, bagels, the bagels that I like and the pizza that I like is just like, no, like if you're talking pizza, if you're talking to like a New Yorker, you know, for, for me, if you talk, you know, I'm talking about, you know, L&B's Pizza, L&B's Spumoni Gardens. Um, that's like an iconic pizzeria. If we're talking about bagels, to be honest with you, like I live in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn right now. Like there's a place called Bagel Boy. It's the best bagels I've ever had in my life. So it's like the thing is with New York, I, I really mean this. Like the thing is with New York, when it comes to bagels and pizza, it's only good. It's only not good to New Yorkers. So if you're not from New York and I took you to any bagel place or any pizzeria, anywhere in brooklyn you'd be like this is fucking amazing yeah but only a new only a native new york i could be like ah this isn't as good as it <laughs> like there's a pizzeria like there's a uh uh pizzeria here gino's in bay ridge like it, i somebody could eat that pizza back like, this i've never had any this is the best pizza i've ever had in my life I've, I've never had anything better but like somebody in the bronx may has never even heard of gino's pizza yeah. it's just there's so many options so i feel like for me like I would say, although I'm sure Eddie's is great and H&H Bagels is great, I've had their bagels. It's, yeah, to say that's the best, I don't know that you can get a collect. There's, here's, here's, what I, here's what I'll say. There's a place. It, this place is closing. It's called DeFara's Pizza. Okay. DeFara's. It's been in Brooklyn for like 60 years. The man, the, the DeFara himself, cooks the pizza. And he's a 95-year-old wow. man now. And their line, it's about a two-hour wait. Because he, he, him and his daughter make the pizza, but he's closing it at the end of this year. But Defar's Pizza is actually the best pizza I've ever had. And where is it? You said it's in, uh, it's in Midwood, Brooklyn. I believe it's on Avenue J. Okay. D I F A R A. If you're in New York, hit Defar's because it's like a iconic place and it's closing. One of my yeah. best friends lives in Brooklyn. And I'm trying to go out there in the next couple months, so maybe I will do that. Hit Defar's, cause we'll do, we'll do. Uh, so, but it's believable that these three places could be the three favorite places of some guys from Queens, right? I had no problem when they said Eddie's and H. I had no issue okay, with that. Cool. I wasn't like, oh, fucking these fucking losers, these hacks. <laughs> I was like, I get it. It's just not my favorite. Okay. But I, I, as a New Yorker, I had no issue. I had no issue at all with them picking those. Cool. We're wrapping up here. I like to talk about. Every week, Vince always wins the episode because he's the A-list movie star who gets all the pussy. So, excluding Vince, who won this episode? I would say uh, drama. He got his headshots. That's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got, those that's headshots needed, are important. Man. Those are important, yeah. man. These are great. Yeah? Yeah. Except, what's with the big apple behind your head? Ah, it doesn't matter. This is our year, Johnny. Can you feel it? I'm going to go Turtle. He kind of establishes himself as, like, the utility guy in the crew. He doesn't do much yeah. in episode, in season one besides smoke weed and have sex, which 
let's be honest, not a bad life, but he kind of starts yeah. positioning himself as like a little bit more important than uh, he initially was. Turtle in real life is fucking ripped now. Oh, Jerry Farrell looks like a different guy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I just I just rewatched the Entourage movie and he looks yoked in that movie. Yoked. Good for him. Um, last question, Chris. Would you say this was an A list episode, a B list episode, or a D list episode? Basically, was this great, just okay, or complete trash? I would say Entourage as a show is an A list TV show. This episode was a B list. Agreed. It's kind of putting some like chess pieces in place and like moving yeah. some stuff around the board, but you know there wasn't some iconic cameo. There wasn't a scene that stands out as like a top ten entourage scene. Yeah, but it wasn't bad. Where you had some weird fucking tangent plot that like doesn't go anywhere. Some horrible character introduction. We didn't mention yeah. that Dejan Lloyd being introduced for like thirty seconds. Like he plays a huge part. He ends up being drama's agent. He ends up. I was gonna say get, get that, like that was the first time anybody ever saw Dejan Lloyd. Yep. And like he was like becomes like an icon. Yep. By the end. I know. Yeah. Chris, this has been a blast. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Will now that you've rewatched episode one of season two, are you gonna keep watching Entourage? Yeah, well, I was just gonna mention like my daughter, you know, was up a little late last night, but now she's asleep. Like, because of episode one being like a setup episode, I was like, Well, I have to watch episode two now. <laughs> I have to just see what happens because I just I to be honest with you, I've seen I, – I, I would imagine I've seen close to every episode of Entourage, but I can't believe – like my brain just yep. filed it away. Like I'm like, wait, what happens? I, I just – I like have glimpses of remembering. It is a rich text of just references and names and music and cameos, and we are here every week, every Monday morning to break it down episode by episode. Chris, where are you going to be in April – where are you going to be so that the fans of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah can come out and see you? Um, well, you can catch all my uh, shows at christycomedy.com. Uh, but April 25th, I'll be at the Wall Street Theater in Norwalk, Connecticut. April 26th, 27th, Laugh Boston, Boston, Massachusetts. April 28th, I'll be at the Empire Theater in Portland, Maine. I'm fucking going through New England, baby. Beautiful. What's the? Uh, can you can you briefly talk about the uh, the podcast you're doing with Giannis? So I have a podcast with Giannis Papas, um, great comedian, uh, Greek kid, cute Greek kid, and it's called The History Hyenas, and we talk about nature and history, and it's fucking wild, but, but it's all accurate shit, and we just go ape shit. So The History Hyenas, get it on iTunes. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're a busy man. Go out and see Chris if he's performing in your city. We'd love to have you back. Maybe when we set up some studio space in New York, we can meet face-to-face. Let's do it, man. Uh, It's been a real pleasure, man. All right, bud. Talk to you soon. Later, bud. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you haven't yet, please leave us a review on iTunes. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at OhYeahPod. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JRWillDoIt. We have a big pair of guests joining us next week. That'll be an oh yeah, oh yeah first, a legitimate threesome, to discuss what I think is my favorite episode of Entourage ever. My Maserati does 185. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you Monday. <laughs>